0: You missed it live. Live, live, live. Catch the on kaya It's such a pleasure to speak to you as, as always, uh, Osborne. I, I guess first things first, right, when we speak in the media, we speak over our brides and uh, conversations in the boardroom. Section 189 is typically just thrown around and everyone does understand that the consequences that some people might lose their jobs as a result of key financial decisions that the business is actually taking. But break this piece of law down for us. Help us contextualize what a Section 189 process is, how it should effectively work um, within the confines of the law.
1: Thank you. I think um, the best starting point is to once again share with your listeners as to what um, you know Section 189 is about. And next to it is also um, Section 18, um, 189A. So section 213 of the Labor Relations Act, commonly referred to as the LRA, defined, um dismissal based on operational requirements as requirements based on the economic, technological, structural, or similar needs of an employer. So put it simply, it's, it's, it's merely a retrenchment. In other words, when an employer anticipates that due to its economic, technological, structural, similarities, that it may then embark on this process, uh, which will be commonly referred to as a retrenchment process. The procedure for effecting a fair retrenchment is indeed regulated by Section 189, in particular, a provision requiring the employer to give an advanced um, notification Referred to as a section 189 notice, where it then sets out the reason why it intends to turn embark in a retrenchment process. Mm. Um, at the same time, there may be what is referred to as small scale retrenchments or large-scale retrenchment. If it's large-scale uh, retrenchment, the process becomes different and it then gets regulated by what we call section 189A, where for instance, uh, there's a need uh, to appoint a facilitator, where there's a need to comply with certain timeline in, south, in most instance, 60 days period, that until that period expires, nothing happens, strike or anything, final decision, and um, the parties may still agree on that period to be extended and related in so far as large scale retrenchments are concerned, more often than not the affected employees will be re- represented by their trade unions. Mm-hmm. However, this does not mean even in small scales trade unions may not represent their members, let alone their members themselves uh, representing Uh, themselves in that process so what it requires is the other parties the other affected parties to scrutinize the reasons that are put forward by the employer or employers and to challenge those reasons that are, are put forward but more importantly to approach the process with an open mind uh, and of course it can be an emotional issue but where an employer sets out genuine bona fide operational requirements it is expected of the other consulting party to have an open mind and deal with the reasons that are put forward and that includes also making alternatives to avoiding to be retrenched so we don't just walk in and say we are against the retrenchment we, we, we won't agree to it if you implement it we will strike etc only to find that the consequences may be dire because by the time um, through your uncooperativeness you get dismissed it will be too little too late to then come back and try and suggest alternatives so mm. the section has started out procedurally mm-hmm. what is it that needs to happen and um, you what are the issues that must be covered by the Section 189 notice? And, and I've mentioned that the critical one as to measures taken to avoid retrenchment, alternatives to avoid retrenchment, the timing of the retrenchment and related and so forth.
0: I'm glad you highlight this because it does seem as though there's a step-by-step process. Uh, and I think typically sometimes this gets mistaken for a VSP, voluntary severance package. Uh, underscore the fundamental differences between the two here
1: um the small scale retrenchment is where uh, an employer doesn't anticipate to 20, so many employees, and in itself it's also a small employer doesn 't have no more than fifty employees or so so the the, the, the the act does set out a formula in terms of what may constitute small scale and what may constitute large scale having more than fifty up to two hundred or hundred employees uh, and related on also having branches uh, country wide but the issue of severance pay. Uh, can be regulated by a collective agreement, can be dealt with in a contract of employment, or if none of those exist, then uh, the employer will defer to one week per completed year of service which is contained in the Basic Conditions of Employment Act. Mm, uh, I'm glad
0: that you uh, um, have provided this particular step and process and understanding. On that note, Osborne, I can imagine when it comes to, again, coming back to a Section 189 process, especially one that we see happening within the mining space. um, We've also witnessed this in the media, many institutions, financial services, technology. uh, There is a sense of disgruntlement um, and I guess some pushback that you might get from employees who will ultimately be affected what recourse do they have following the initial steps in engagement, either with the employer directly or um, with the representative that you mentioned, Kambi Um
1: The last recourse is, of course, to challenge the retrenchment process, to challenge the dismissal to say the dismissal uh, was substantively unfair because the, there were no genuine slash valid operational requirements. But this is the end result. But in between, there are other forms of requests that the other consulting party through their trade union or their legal representatives have for instance where the employer does not provide the requested information um, uh, they may then uh, institute uh, you know um, uh, an action. They may launch an application to force the employer to disclose the information. Uh, there may be instances where the, the employer may be requested to retain the status quo, failing which, in other, don't go ahead and implement the, uh, the, the decision mm-hmm. or a certain aspect because we are considering A, B, C, and D. Uh, and of course, the, the the one that is not pleasant to many employers, especially in big and large industries, is when the employees may decide. Um, uh, to go on strike to force the employer to agree to certain demands or not to continue the retrenchment process. Unfortunately, that may even worsen the situation mm. because if you withhold your labor, you are making the employer's uh, reason for retrenching even more um, more relevant. If the employer was citing financial. Uh, and economic reasons as the basis for intending to retrench some or all the employees in a particular branch or division
0: Oh, wow. This is so important because I guess, you know, typically that's how we want to fight back, right? By saying, well, I won't pitch, I won't be productive. But then you're actually making the process a lot worse. Uh, are there, as you say, uh, aside from just fighting it and saying, okay, well, this is the evidence and proof that I'm bringing forward that um, these retrenchments are unwarranted. Can one ever negotiate perhaps to say, look, KFM, FM, I know you don't want a business show anymore, but I as Gugu then want to apply for a sports show or to read news or working the sales yeah. department. Uh, are there are there options as uh, to to seek alternative um, employment or capacity of employment within the same business?
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and hence earlier on, I did mention that the the, the, the other consulting parties are expected to deal with the reasons that are put forward by the employer, including. Uh, them responding to those reasons and setting out the alternatives um, that they may have in mind. By the way, the employer is also obliged to put forward what alternatives it it has considered before um, embarking on uh, a retrenchment process that has a decision to ultimately retrench the employees. So essentially. Uh, No one is expected to sit back and do nothing or just simply be emotional without factually challenging that which is put forward on the table Uh by the employer Mm -hmm. as the reasons for uh, wanting to... Um, retrench employees, I mean the simplest one is financial. I mean you can 't say we want to retrench uh, for financial reasons and yet you don't disclose your your audited financial statements you don 't share that information. Yes, certain parts may be confidential uh, but uh, you know if employees suspect that you want to retrench us to all the executives and directors are uh, any what is commonly referred to as FedCAT cat. Salaries mm-hmm. and it makes no sense. Why don't you? So, as part of their alternatives, say, but why don't you go and cut those salaries? Why don't you cut here? You know, this huge investment in machinery that we don't need. We are here to do the work. Why don't you consider, um, you know, cutting the hours of work? We are prepared to work half a day or this, uh, even if it means any, you um, know, uh, reduced salary. Because it is said, half a loaf is better than not having a loaf at all. And these are some of the things that must come from the affected employees. And again, not just to sit back and be emotional, uh, you know, and start saying things that they may regret when the decision to finally return to it's knocking on their door.
0: Yeah, and it's a harsh reality for many South Africans. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Kaya Biz here on Kaya Nine Five Nine. It's exactly quarter past seven, and we are in conversation with Osborne MulaTudi, managing director of MulaTudi Attorneys, an employment and labour law expert. And we're talking about the theme and the concept of revisiting Section One For many of us, we've been watching the headlines impacted by this pre and post the pandemic in our different business sectors. But of late, the mining houses have been very clear about uh, engaging the employees on Section 189 notices to such an extent that it also has an impact on their suppliers beyond just their employees. It's a fully legal process. It's one that calls for ongoing engagement and participation and, of course, making sure that the termination of the employment contract does turn out to be favourable for all parties involved, given the negotiations that take place. And maybe that's a fair point to go into right now Osborne is understanding what a fair negotiation is. And I'm assuming, again, this is where the difference between a voluntary severance package versus uh, the uh, retrenchment or Section 189 typically comes about differently with the negotiations or the terms, um, whether you quantify them or even the, that in terms of um, the quality of your workflow. It would depend on the negotiations that you have with your employers, right? But is there a standard of what, three months, six months payment or what the company can afford at the time, essentially?
1: Um, so let's deal with them as follows. So voluntary, uh, uh, voluntary severance uh, packages are those that come out of a, a discussion to avoid a compulsory retrenchment process. Mm-hmm. So some prudent employers to avoid going through a long, drawn-out retrenchment process as, as part of um, what one can call an alternative or an incentive. It says, these are the reasons why we want to embark in a restructuring exercise which may lead to retrenchment. However, uh, before we get into a formal compulsory retrenchment process, we invite em- employees who may be interested and who may qualify mm-hmm. to come forward and apply for a a voluntary severance package, which is commonly referred to as VSP. Some uh, trade unions, uh, and not all of them, but some trade unions and affected employees are skeptical about this part of VSP because they see it as divide and rule. Uh, because, of course, there will be those who have over 35 years, they are close to retirement, they, they are tired, they don't need to work anymore. They say, oh, what a golden opportunity. Let me apply for a VSP. And and uh, often than not, they will qualify for a VSP. The younger ones, even if they qualify, you and I know very well that it won't be that much. Mm-hmm. So So some... Uh, affected employees, even through detergent, they they sort of view this as skeptical. However, there's absolutely nothing uh, wrong about it. It's one of the tools that the employer can use. Uh, by the way, you can't have a cake and eat it. Sometimes you need to get in better commas, and I need to stress, in better commas, you need to get rid of the older generation to make way for Ooh, the younger generation.
0: Oh, for now parents don't like hearing that. Eh? The baby boomers are going to be upset at us, but I hear what you mean in terms of a more vibrant <laughs> workforce.
1: Yeah, and that's the purpose of the VSV, <laughs> to say, look, instead of me spending too much time mm. consulting with older generations, uh, those who say an old dog can't be taught skills, let me rather... Put the VSP on the table. And if they come, thanks goodness, I will definitely consider it and, 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 and make, make use of it uh, to let them go while it will then make a room and space for the younger generation. Again, everything will be viewed objectively, um, insofar as fairness is concerned. So that's the first part. Obviously, some employers may not even, oh, by the way, VSP in some instances, some employers they they go a little bit uh, uh, higher to uh, as an incentive mm-hmm. to encourage employees to come forward. So instead of offering one week per completed year of service, they may say we offer. Uh, in fact, I recall one of our Atlantic executives that they offered something like two weeks per completed year of service or three weeks. I can't recall uh, precisely. Then it encouraged employees who qualified to come forward and apply. And, and it alleviated it ele- uh, the need for that employer to embark on what may become an expensive, long-drawn-out compulsory retrenchment, because that mm-hmm. then becomes a different um, uh, ball game altogether. Which is the second part. That one requires all the issues uh, as, um, as set out in one eight, uh, one eight nine. To be articulated, to be set out by the employer and without repeating my earlier points and for the employees, affected employees to respond there to two of the remaining things would be what criteria are you using to select employees for retrenchment and what are you proposing for severance pay. So even if the employer may have offered three weeks or two weeks in, uh, for VSP, nothing stops the affected employees and or through their trading union for asking or for proposing a a higher um, severance package for uh, for the affected members, and they will give reasons to say, look, it's difficult to find new jobs in this um, uh, in this environment. These are low income earners, so giving them extra two weeks won't hurt you. It's once off; you will never see them again, et cetera, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: Hundred percent. I'm so glad that you've elaborated on this because, as we know, it can be a very emotive topic, right? For some, it's frustrating. It's it's hurtful. It's a lack of security, and even more so when somebody um, perhaps hasn't paid attention to the attachment or psychological impact of losing their job, especially when it's become something that defines them or that they choose to have define them. So that that emotional trauma does get uh, very tricky. But Osborne, I, I also think there's another important factor that typically we tend to. Forget. Um, and I'm thinking again about, you know, the mass retrenchments that are taking place within the mining fraternity. The last thing we want is for individuals to take these retention packages um, and then perhaps not make sure that their finances are in order. And I'm aware that you speak and represent the legal fraternity, but I can imagine that it's imperative that when it comes to their pension payouts, um, having uh, beneficiaries that are listed, understanding which contact details to use, how to contact their beneficiaries, all of these do come into play. Uh, And I think this is important because there might be some, a miner who's getting retrenched from one of these mining houses but has a young child or a relative that's listening today and yes. perhaps can guide them as to how best to manage these circumstances. Uh, share your thoughts and your observations on what you've seen you seen in
1: the you, industry you, here. you are spot on because one of the aspects that the employer must uh, deal with or cover in its Section 189 notice is the assistance that it will provide to the affected employees in the event that retrenchment becomes unavoidable and one form of that assistance is to provide uh, financial training or to invite financial advisors to come and advise the employees you know uh, about uh, the retrenchment packages, to so arrange sessions, etc. And this is this is where again, you know, affected employees are expected to be cooperative. In most instances, those kind of uh, sessions are also conducted uh, in the uh, the you know the the, language, the languages you know what we refer to as mother tongue, etc. I myself, at one stage when I was in HR. um, you know, it, it was one of those uh, sessions that are, you know, i would make sure that it's put in place at the expense of the company. So the employees pay nothing. and invite uh, financial advisors to come in and advise employees uh, on, on how to spend or invest the, the, um, their uh, retrenchment payouts and related. Of course, some employees by the time uh, they get to that space, they've already made up their mind. We know the common ones to open their own businesses, small businesses, be it car wash, mm. um, fish and chips, um, uh, take away chisanyamas, etc. But there's more than that. And, and, and like investment, you know, can you invest uh, your money, the return. What about paying off certain debts, etc.? And that. Uh, it will be something coming from these advisors that will be arranged by employers. Some employees may not want to have those sessions um, at the premises of the employer. They may want to go privately consult, et cetera. It's something that they can put forward on the table uh, during the consultation process, during the implementation stage with the HR of the company to say, how about I have my own private one, you know, can you arrange for A, B, C, and D where I can go, et cetera. And, and that's when the employer will then make the decision. But it's a very critical point because now this is not at the implementation stage. The last thing you need is for these employees to go and blow Away, um, they are hard and retrenchment package is your hard and money. Mm-hmm. I, I I have never understood people to think that you know it, it's 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 a uh, Malay mm-hmm. uh, No, it's the money that you worked for for over the years. You have been rewarded for the loyalty that you have showed to the employer. And it's a no-fault dismissal. So your termination did not come as the result of your own fault. This is a termination that came as a result of economic, financial, or similar needs of the employer. And therefore, it's not wise to simply go and say, I send you to totally Lilim in my campaign, mm. totally package a Sunday in Monday. So, you know, fill up the table and no. Mm. Uh, so the second assistant, of course, is re-employment. Um, you know, before we run out of time, I need to mention this, that one of the aspects that the employer is expected to touch upon is re-employment. What happens if that employer two months if your retrenchment um, gets an order that is worth mega millions and it needs the employee, it does happen, it needs employees to come and assist them. And the law says those that you retrench must be given preference. You must then invite them. And this is where the unions can be. This is where the affected employees will say, Hey, if you recover within a certain period, uh you do agree that you shall consider us for re employment? Unfortunately, this is where words become uh you know um uh, uh you know um yeah. Yeah. careful because yes. it's not you are guaranteed re employment, but they will say you do consider for re employment provided you qualify. You still have the energy, Uh, you know, you are not fed up and and stuff like that. You can take any industry. I mean, like mining. What happens if there's a a turnaround? You know, people are happy with the outcome of the elections. Investors are happy. Suddenly there's boom, boom, you know, in the industry. Leisure and tourism, those that have been retrenched in hotels uh, and, and other forms of entertainment. Suddenly we have so many visitors coming post the twenty-nine of May, uh, two thousand and twenty four what do you do? You can then um, uh, uh, re-employ those affected. The good thing is that there is a broken service that will then have to be taken into account. If you re-employ them within 12 months, guess what? The 20 years continues, unfortunately. The 19 years continues. The 35 years continues. But if it's post-12 months, Um, you know, uh, there will be a broken service uh, um, in terms of the basic conditions of employment. Mm Act. If there's no broken service, it's not the end for the employer because the law goes further to say that all payments that have been made to that employee must be taken into account uh, when a similar scenario can occur in future. So you can't there's what we call double deep. So you can't get a a retrenchment package based on the same formula, same amount and same amount uh, again. No, it will be taken into account to say at some stage when um, you were 15 years with the company, we returned you and we paid you this package. Then we reemployed you within a period of 12 months. Yes, you still have 15 years, but we must take into account that you have already received so much amount and therefore your second retrenchment will not necessarily be the same amount as you got when we returned you six months ago or seven months ago.
0: 100%. I'm so glad that you've elaborated on this, Osborne, because it does help to build our knowledge and, uh, you know, arm us with information. So that we also don't, you know, as you say, go out there, take out packages and then after some regret or remorse of not understanding the system and the process then go back and cry foul um, purely from a place of ignorance instead of having understood where we went wrong uh, in the initial conversations. Osborne, we'll leave it there for today. Always a pleasure speaking to you, sir. A few minutes live. live, live, live. Cash the podcast on kaya959.co.za. <laughs>